everybody. U.S. Great Sports Podcast here. I'm Doug Barry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. we got a great guest on tonight. And before we introduce this illustrious, wonderful woman, let's begin with a prayer. And Father, I turn that to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Father. <laughs> I want to thank everybody out there, as always, who support us in the work that we're doing. This program, this particular episode, is really going to test things, I guarantee you. So your support, your prayers, your encouragement, your financial contributions through the Patreon program. For those interested, check the information, the link below in the description, and you'll find out how you can become a patron if you want to help support this work. And we thank you so much for that. It is really helping make the difference in this cancel culture world that we live in right now. And again, this particular episode we're going to be addressing, this is a, a very serious one. So we're looking forward to having you listen, watch this entire program, share it with as many people as possible, because this is a pretty serious time we're in right now. And we don't want to take lightly the question, what's happened to our freedom? What's going on? What kind of world are we living in right now? You know, both in the secular realm, the religious aspect of it, and what do we need to do to make these changes? And I know, Father, uh, this was kind of last minute. You got a hold of sister to have her uh, be a guest, but this works out perfectly. And why we're broadcasting or airing this, I should say, a day early is because of a special event that's coming up. So I'm going to let you introduce our guest and uh, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so sister, you sent me an email, but I, you know, I was on a book list, but it talked about this event, and I went, "Oh, wow!" And uh, I ended up reaching out to you because uh, I think we wanted to help promote this event, and that's why too, um, we're working with your schedule, your very busy schedule that you have, um, and we're actually recording just a couple of hours before this is going to go live. Uh, well, not live, but recorded at. Um, and uh, Tuesday night. So um, so we're so excited to have you on, Sister, because we'd like to get your take on a lot of things. Whatever, what happened to our freedom? I know in our brief conversation we had yesterday, uh, you're as concerned as I am and as a lot of people, I know Doug too, uh, about what's going on in the world right now. And, uh, and, and just to let people know <laughs> a little bit about Sister, um, you, you kind of uh, became um, known when you were asked to be one of the speakers at the Republican convention in 2020 and uh, everybody fell in love with you. I did. Um, and you, uh, what, your, one of your great quotes there was, I'm not just pro-life, I'm pro-eternal life. I love that. And, uh, but, uh, and then you, you were gracious enough to join us for the national rosary rally um, right after that. And then uh, your brother became a Bishop like a couple of days after that too. You know, so a lot going on. But, uh, Sister, you have a background in the military. You served uh, as a, uh, a, a medical surgeon and in the military. Maybe maybe if you can fill that in a little bit, Sister. What? I um, went through med school on an Army scholarship and served our fantastic soldiers first in family medicine. And then I um, took a little break and did missionary work and went back into general surgery and then went that's a whole different story, but ended up back in the military. I was both a sister and a, and a soldier uh, because after two Twin Towers, uh, the world had changed. Um, 
and I ended up serving, I would say it's over 30 years, but I'm 29 years of, of actual service okay. uh, as, a, as a family physician mm -hmm. and a general surgeon. Okay. So um, I, I wanted to get right to what kind of got us connected and why we wanted to talk because uh, we want to send people to, I think it's called Stop the Shop, uh, Stop the Shot. And um, we'll, we'll put something up uh, <clears throat> right now to let people know. It starts, I think, is, is it uh, 12 p.m. Eastern time, sister? Yes. Yes, yeah. on Wednesday. On yeah. Yep, yep, August 4th on Wednesday, 12 p.m. And uh, so what we put up right here uh, where they can go uh, to to be a part of that. But but what it is, is a lot of people are asking questions right now. And they're, we're not allowed to ask questions, it seems, right now. But um, but there, there, there's a vaccine and we, we want everybody to be safe. We want everybody to be well. But uh, questions are starting to be raised with the vaccine. And uh, a lot of leading experts uh, have... Um, really done a lot of research on this and they're going to, they're going to be speaking tomorrow. I think there's a couple of lawyers as well that are going to be on. Um, but maybe sister, you want to fill out more about what that's going to be uh, at tomorrow at uh, 12 PM Easter. Sure. Um, there's a group of us who had been meeting weekly just to uh, some really wonderful Dr. Led was, is a, uh, a physician who in, I think in Arizona who got all this started. She's a devout Christian and she has two groups, the Protestant group and the Catholic group. And we initially were trying to see how we could reach out to the USCCB to try to encourage them to kind of back off on their rhetoric that for the common good, we should all get this vaccine. Um, because as time was rolling out, we were realizing that perhaps in the beginning, when we didn't really know much about the COVID-19, uh, you know, people were concerned, especially about their elderly and their loved ones, and that they, the vac this emergency vaccine was going to be something that could be life-saving. Uh, but as time went on, we realized uh, through many researchers, people who are very smart, some are on this conference on the 4th, Dr. McCullough in particular, who right now is actually under some scrutiny by some hosp a hospital who wants to sue him. But so that's part of the battle. But basically uh, researching worldwide data realized that this vaccine, I mean, sorry, the um, COVID-19 was not as deadly as we were thinking it was. Uh, less than 1% of the people who get sick die from it. The problem was we didn't have treatment in the beginning, so the emergency rollout went out on this vaccine. However, now we know that in proven therapy, I personally, it's a small number, but I've treated about 150 people. Dr. McCullough has treated thousands, I believe, and other physicians, um, that, that there's actually, if you can treat this uh, virus early, you can save lives. But so many people were, um, being uh, sent to the hospital and intubated and dying. And so that was the big fear. But we found out that a small group, that basically elderly people who have comorbidities were the ones that were, were injured by this. So then we realized that this vaccine wasn't as necessary 
And in fact, they were realizing that this vaccine may have some dangers to it. In the, the government data system that where people actually um, mention uh, the side effects, there's been more side effects, five to 10,000 plus on this vaccine which supersedes all the vaccines put together in the last 30 years. Wow. And they're also, they're not looking at the science. Um, I've been asked from many young people because of this mandate uh, to write a letter, both medically and spiritually, to, you know, a religious exemption, whatnot. And that people who have been sick with COVID developed antibodies and specifically on them T cell immunity is far, the data is showing, like many other viral illnesses, that the, the, um, your self-immune system supersedes anything that a vaccine could do, give you. In fact, it would be very dangerous, especially for young people, to take the vaccine after they have, they have T-cell immunity, because mm -hmm. their body can hyper, you know, turn into a kind of a overdrive, and there's mm -hmm. been some deaths. They're not, they're not, it's not discussed or it's not as um, the regular news media is not uh, talking about this. So we, we felt we just had to, to do our best to try to speak out. And, and the encouragement is not, I'm not here to tell people to take a vaccine or not to take a vaccine. I just want people to make their own decisions and not be forced to take a, an experimental vaccine some people don't even want to say the word vaccine, but to take something that's experimental that could potentially harm you. When we have actually um, so many people who, who don't die from this illness. And in fact, the younger you are, the most likely the better you do. But now they want to kind of mandate this on people at all ages, you know, like 12 years on up. And the other, the other uh, I call it ugly twin sister to this, is the, is the mask. So people have been, you know, there is some data to say that masks, you know, um, evidence-based medicines that says that masks don't work. And yet they want, for, for over a year now, people have been covering their faces. Children have not been able to see each other smile. They don't see their friends. It's, it's very uh, surreal, abnormal uh, interactions with one another. There's been a higher, an increased rise in, in teenage depression, suicide. Um, in fact, I, in my own personal story, my own family member, I have a great grandniece who's, who's been um, suffering from this. And um, because we're a religious community, people call and ask us to pray. And we're getting more and more people praying about that one issue of, of teenage uh, depression. So it's a, it's a multi, multifactorial. So the vaccine, just to reiterate a little bit, um, let people make their own decision about this experimental uh, vaccine. Don't force it on people. That's been my message. We're, we've lost our freedom and we've lost our religious freedom because the schools, many of which are Catholic, are not even gonna listen to the religious exemption. Because if you remember, the RNA vaccine, which was just produced um, fairly new, it's, it's still experimental. And they've had studies in, way back from 2000 where the animal models have died, the, the studies. These vaccines, uh, so-called vaccines were tested by 
stem cell embryos. The J&J &J was, was made and developed with human embryonic tissue. So I call the, these vaccines, they are all tainted with dirty feet, some dirtier than others. So for some of us, we may not want to take the vaccine and I'd rather die than to use, now that I'm aware of it, I probably wasn't aware as a child, my parents didn't know, but there are many things that were made with embryonic stem cells or tested, but now I know. And because I feel that I'm a voice for the unborn, how dare I take the, this vaccine when it was used with, you know, the, the foundation was not, was not of the Lord. Um, and also, one last thing, you know, so we have an early treatment, but there's also some studies to show that there's prevention. We, I have our, my little community of sisters and we have lay people that are aides for our elderly sister. There, we're all on a preventive therapy, hydroxychloroquine. There's also ivermectin that has been proven to be very effective. So we've been on vitamin D, zinc, and we've got hydroxychloroquine. And if someone's sick, you know, people don't come over, they're respectful. I, we, we wash our hands. We do all the normal things that you would do to not spread a virus. Um. Sister, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are being, you know, um, you know, trained medical field and so forth, when we've seen so many medical professionals uh, who've just been shut down in silence for even asking questions. That seems to be the biggest red flag or one of the biggest red flags out there is that there's this overwhelming effort to shut down any voices that even want to question. And like you're saying, even voices that are saying, we're not saying don't or do take the shot. It's simply, we want to look at it, we want to ask, we want to question this, we want to question that. And you're told basically, shut up and sit down. I mean, what, what's your take on the fact that Even medical- Even more than that, Doug, you won't be getting privileges to work at our hospital if you don't get vaccinated or you don't support any rhetoric against the vaccine, you will lose your privileges to practice at certain hospitals. For doctors, that's their livelihood. Um, it, to, to practice medicine within the hospital environment. So there's a threatening, you know, there's this threatening um, voice out there as well. And, and yes, there's, a, there's been the silencing of people. Um, that's why people like Dr. McCullough is a hero because he has, you know, his family, his children. I'm a religious sister. And as Mother Teresa said, you know, every part of me belongs to Christ and you can cut me up in a thousand pieces, throw me on the street, but well, every piece still belongs to Jesus. And so, um, so other than the unfortunate thing about, because I do free surgery for the poor, uh, generals, you know, hurting repairs, gallbladders, there is a risk maybe just being on this format now that I might lose my privileges. Um, and so that financially won't be, it won't be a burden to me, but it might hurt a lot of my, the poor that I care for. Mm -hmm. And, but uh, that's why I think there's a, there's a spirit out there. That's the evil spirit that is permeating and, and um, help people can't, are not seen clearly. And, and uh, that, and I think a lot of that is based, goes back to the, what I call the COVID cataracts. We've been so, uh, we've lost our vision, 
our clear vision because we weren't going to the sacraments. We weren't going to confession. Amen. We weren't going to mass and receiving the Eucharist. Amen. And, um, and we got a little lazy about, you know, praying as yep. a family, praying the rosary. We were blessed as a community. We are blessed as a community in our house in D.C. because our priest, um, canon law student from Hong Kong, um, starting June, and last year said, I'd like to start saying the traditional Latin Mass. And I was unfamiliar with it, but I fell in love with it. And I, I really believe that has been our source and summit of strength. Because, you know, the, the, if you, you had many exorcists on your program, and they'll tell you that the, the language that the devil hates the most is Latin. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the language that we've been, you know, infused in our bloodstream every morning. Um, and has been keeping us protected and strengthened and um, without fear. Yep. Uh, and so I want yeah, to... Right. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I was struck when you talked about what the devil's up to and how it kind of is uh, his strategy. And I actually wrote a book, I think it's 2012, when I wrote uh, Church Militant Field Manual, Special Forces Training for Life in Christ. But I, I actually pointed to the, the, the two greatest tools that, the, that, the, uh, that Satan uses is first, he strips us of our, of our weapons and our, and our, our armor. So that's the, 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 the supernatural power of God. And, and, and that's what you were pointing to, sister, is that we've gone through that. You know, we were stripped of that and told we couldn't go to church. And, and then a lot of people fell away from the Mass. Even the way the Mass is offered, I think you're going to, too, is with the traditional Latin Mass um, kind of lulls people into a mediocrity in their faith and uh, instead of longing for that, that, uh, that powerful grace that we need. So he strips us of our armor, removes our weapons, and then what does he do? He's the divider. He's Diabolos. We're, we're being divided all over the place uh, mm. right now. And, um, and you know, I keep saying, sister, too, that this is the 450th anniversary of the Battle of Ponto. And, mm. and what was the Turks came in because why? We were weak. Okay. We were stripped of our armor and our weapons, and we were divided. And, and so he felt this is his time. This is his time right now. And, uh, and so, uh, it's an exciting I, yeah. time, actually. Yeah. What's it's that? It's an exciting time to be a Catholic and to be on the, with the armor of Christ. Right. Because we are in such horrible times. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so we're like, we're like the Holy League right now. You yeah. Know? You, you said it's an exciting time, right? Yeah, I said it's, yeah, in one way, it's it very exciting because, you know, we get, now we have a real clear choice of, yep. It's not Clear. gray anymore. It's oh, I know. going to be on Jesus' side. Conspiracy theory has become fact. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clear as a bell. Yeah. Hey, sister, real quick, because uh, we might want to go into other areas, but I one of the things that I wanted to get your take on is whatever happened to the whole idea of herd immunity? So not that I'm an expert on it, and I hope that uh, the conference tomorrow, someone, Dr. McCullough or someone will talk about herd immunity, but it's just basically, you can see in the numbers that the, the numbers of people who have been uh, getting COVID-19 um, have declined. And this was before they even instituted the vaccine. 
And naturally, herd immunity, the more people that have the T cells specifically, not just the antibodies, but have been infected, have the T cells, they are, they have the armamentarium, the protection to, to not get sick. And many young people who probably had very, very, um, you know, weak symptoms, didn't even get tested, but they're not getting sick. That's sort of herd immunity. And I believe that just by looking at the numbers, you could see that many were, were there's very, there's less and less. And so, but we don't hear about that because we don't want to, we want to shove that aside to, because if everyone has herd immunity, we don't really need to push the vaccine. If we have a treatment for COVID-19 early, we don't, then we can't give the vaccine. If we have prevention, we can't give the vaccine. So they want to shove that rhetoric aside. So that's why you haven't heard about it, Father, is because they want only one, they have one mantra. That is, whether it's your will or not your will, you will get the jab. That's the reason why we have this conference tomorrow is we want to educate people as to let them make a, their own informed decision about right. whether they should get vaccinated or not. And we should have freedom to do that. And we should have freedom whether to take it or not. Yep. And sister, what, what kind of danger is there in someone um, getting the jab after they have T cells? There's, people have had a hyperimmune response to the vaccine, especially young people, um, that their body has already got T cells ready to invade any, um, the, any COVID virus. Then they get this injection of an RNA um, COVID spike protein. And they've found that some, especially young people, have had a hyperimmune response. So that basically their body goes into overdrive and they um, get severely ill or they die from the vaccine. Oh. So with, with that, all that information that's out there, and I mean, if we just count, if we can count the red flags, as we already talked about earlier, they want to not just silence, but as you've mentioned, they, they will remove your ability to actually practice medicine in some places, strip your license and so forth. Um, if you speak out, question it too much. And then this type of information we're talking about here. And we hear the one other red flag I'd like you to address, if you don't mind, sister, is the coercion part. Um, you know, the, the president recently talks about how he's encouraging states to pay $100 to anybody who steps up to get a shot. So they, the government wants to pay you now. Um, they've offered anything from ice cream cones to uh, tickets yeah. to a lottery. I mean, all types of manipulation and coercion uh, to get a medical procedure done. I mean, that seems to be an enormous red flag from your expertise and your profession. Does that does that really scream something that we should be very, very concerned about? Screaming a lot to me and this whole group that's speaking tomorrow, and that's why we're speaking. I mean, all, I think we Americans and people worldwide, they're, they're not stupid. You, if you just give them the information, the true, the true information about the vaccine, the protection, what it's going to do. Let them make their own decision. You don't have to buy them off. We've never done that in the past. Um, and so that's a red flag. Why are they, you know, pushing something that, you know, to the point where they want to 
you know, give you a beer. I heard that one. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, food or whatever. Um, at the other side, they want to th they'll threaten you, especially physicians who are speaking out. When we know that less than 1% of the people are injured by or that the mortality rate is so low, it's like the people who are at risk or people who are elderly, who have comorbidity, diabetes, obesity, things like that, hypertension. Um, and these people should probably just lay low, um, stay away from people who are sick, uh, wash your hands. You don't need to wear a mask. I mean, I'm going to get shocked for saying this, hmm. but I think the mask, especially in children, <clears throat> are just creating an increase in depression. Uh, they're, they're not, they've lost the ability to smile or see each other smile. Um, for sure, I think that we need to, to strip those off, let them breathe the fresh air. Um, and um, so that's also a red flag, Doug. Mm. Is is the hiding of your face? Yeah. It's the fear technique. Uh, so they're trying to appeal to people yeah. in, a, in a very superficial way, threaten the doctors in another way, cover the face of the children. They don't feel comfortable without the mask now. Grandparents can't see their grandchildren mm. unless they get vaccinated. I know one friend of mine shared with me that. A religious sister from another community didn't want to go on a walk with her if she wasn't vaccinated. Mm. Um, uh, I think, you know, we've gone a little crazy, gone off that track a bit. But sister? the Eucharist will bring us back. The Blessed Sacrament. Yes. There's good news to this, mm. that God's in charge and he will allow us to see more clearly. Yep. It's before the most blessed sacrament that I found the love of Jesus and the yep. power of that love. That's our founder's words. Um, so we can't be afraid. We have to remain strong. Yes. Um, and the people I feel for are the people who feel like I do, but have children and have a job. They, they're really struggling with what to do. Yeah, right. Sister, I, you know, we only have a few minutes left because uh, you, you need to go pray with your, your sisters. Um, <clears throat> and we're so grateful you came on in for the time that we had with you. But uh, do you have an idea? I'd love to hear your take. Why now? Why, why all this tyranny, uh, this heavy-handedness, whether it's, you know, we're talking about forcing a vaccine, but even the, what was received as heavy-handedness with the Latin, traditional Latin mass recently. And it just seems to be everywhere. And it's right now. It's the traditional Latin mass. Pre, pre, our good priests are being persecuted. Right. Um, you know, the, the forcing of, Children being covered with their face. Yes. This this virus that's treatable. This vaccine's being mandated. Um, people have been away from the sacraments for so long, for the last year that they they've kind of fell away from Christ and they've lost the love of Christ. It's not their fault, really. It's what's happened, and I believe it's because we have not been protecting the unborn. It is the foundation. Of our of 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 our lives and our and our faith and um, sorry but <laughs> no problem um, and I forgot to put the trap the phone in the trash can but <laughs> I believe that because we have have um, not been protecting the unborn everything else has crumbled because that's the foundation mm. marriage is now people are confused and I went to a, a display at Catholic U the other day because they're building 
these beautiful wood structures for pears, hopefully Notre Dame will be, have some of the Catholic universe. And the young man introduced himself as Miss Patrick. Oh. And I had to take a double take. So these young people are all confused. And, yeah. and this, you know, the, so their sexuality, I even heard in med schools that they may take away the gender issue. Yeah. Families are, are um, divorcing. That's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, the church in Germany has, the Holy Father hasn't really chastised the bishops who want to, or priests who want to bless the same-sex union. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could keep on going. I know. Uh, yeah. and, and now the, our beautiful Latin Mass is being kind of you know, iffy with some of our diocese. Right. We had to pray for the pre. We pray for you all every day. Um, I I'm a big firm believer of the patriotic rosary, Father, that you could probably put online. Nice. Yeah. Um, we pray that covers covers all the United States. Every Hail Mary is a state. You place the blood of Jesus over Minnesota and all the souls in that state. We pray for the president. Because this is a battle not against right and left, conservatives, liberals. This is a battle between the devil and our Lord. And who do we want to be? Who do we want to um, be with? And so uh, it, the only answer to this battle is prayer. As yep. we pray our rosary, you the beautiful rosary you made with the uh, First World War. I love it. Yeah. Um, and you know we pray for the president his conversion. We pray for Supreme Court. Second, we pray for the Senate and the House, and we pray for governors and municipal and county municipal offices. So that covers each decade with each state, the Pope, bishops, priests, religious. I mean, everybody in the yes. conversion of this country. Uh, because if we fall, the rest of the world is going to fall. That's right. That's why the work you do is unbelievable father and doug you you are our heroes what you do thank you sister in promoting and entering with the saint michael the prayer prayer and to fight this devil that we are yeah. well sister uh i think i'm looking at the clock and i know you got to go pray with your sisters is it possible could you uh, end us with a prayer tonight sure yeah I'll say our favorite fallback prayer. Sure. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for, pray us. for us. And may Almighty God bless everyone, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, sister. Thank you, sister. And I'm looking forward Thank to seeing you. you. All the three of us will be out with a big game, gang and uh, Bishop Coffee and everyone. I can't wait. Nas yep. National Rosary Rally in Washington, D.C. If anybody wants to come and join us, it'll be great. Uh, I think October 12th, it's that Sunday. Uh, so looking forward to see everybody. Last year, it was a big rainstorm. The peeps, hundreds of people showed up. Yep. Her father. Yeah, and then the skies opened up when we were praying together. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. God bless, sister. God bless. Thank you, guys. Thank you.